Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DK Sports Radio. If you're listening here, do remember to subscribe to DK Sports Radio. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're anywhere uh, podcasts are hosted. And you can get all your Pittsburgh sports news right here on the podcast network for free. And uh, don't forget to rate us five stars, leave us a positive comment. Those type of things really help out the network. We cover Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, all the things. But let's get to it. So now, if you're a fan of the H2P podcast, which I'm assuming you are because you're listening, you know that I switch things up. Normally, Thursdays are football day, Sundays are basketball day. Well, this week I made Thursday our basketball day and Sunday our football day because... We had to talk about different things. So Thursday, I talked about Pitt basketball's recruits. Go back and listen to that episode because they got two guys in the transfer portal, and I don't think they're anywhere close to done. Then today, we are re- we are going over what happened in the blue-gold game, the spring game. Now, there were several things that were very interesting about this. One, this was the first time I actually got to see action from a lot of these guys because we know who the guys were that are back from last year. We know, you know, Kenny Pickett. And Jordan Addison, um, you know we're you know we, we get we get the guys who are noble faces that you're ready to see contribute. But what you're waiting to see is the young guys who are stepping up, the position battles that are happening. And there were several really interesting position battles that took place in the in this game. Now the blue team, gold team thing, they you know they had their draft in the middle of the week. It was actually really cool if you have, if uh, I was able to watch it and they kind of like played like Jeopardy music as each team was picking their players. Um, but the gold team smoked the blue team 30 to nothing. Um, Kenny Pickett was on the blue team, but he played like one series and then they pulled him out. Cause it's like, dude, we know you can quarterback just protect yourself. Um, but the one thing that shined from the, the blue team, well, there were a few things, but the main thing that shined was Israel Abaniconda. Now that has become what seems like the hero for a lot of pit fans that they hope to emerge in this, in this season, because, uh, uh, Israel or Izzy, as you know, that's his nickname. He is extremely athletic. He's explosive. He has speed. He has power, and he's pretty quick to to turn it on. Now we didn't see much of this last year in the games because he wasn't too sure of himself, and he admitted this after the game. But during this game, this guy, he played well. When he when he got the ball in his hands, he looked confident. He took six carries for seventy seven yards. Had a 42-yard run. I was, I was really, uh, I, I got to say, I was impressed because part of me was sitting here like, all right, I, I'm waiting for the hype. You know, I've been sold on Izzy Abaniconda for quite some time by Pat Narduzzi, and and he delivered. Now the interesting thing was is that I wasn't too mad at any of the other running backs. Todd Sibley looked really good. He had six carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. He had several broken tackles. Was looked like a real good power runner for Pitt. And then Vincent Davis, who's the presumed starter, he took nine carries for about 39 yards. Um, but he, there were a couple runs that he looked pretty good. But Izzy did look like the raw, like his, his raw abilities would go further than the other guys. Now, after the game, Pat Narduzzi com- compared Izzy to Le'Veon Bell. He said, that, look, that guy's patience is like Le'Veon Bell. And I get it. 
because Le'Veon Bell, obvious connection with the Steelers, but he, but maybe slightly less obvious for those who don't know Pat Narduzzi. He, of course, coached at Michigan State when Le'Veon Bell was there. So he's, he's comparing him to a guy like he's actually seen both, you know, on the practice field in college and make it big in the pros. So that's pretty high praise. Um, he is, so, and, and that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good thing there. But, you know, I don't think that Izzy has really established himself as the number one back yet because I, I wrote a story earlier in the week saying that, you know, because Leonard Uzi said that Izzy's pushing Vincent Davis for starting time. I, I don't know if it's that level yet, but we did see some really good bursts. There were a couple times where he just hit an edge and he was off to the races, and there were a couple times I, th- I think he displayed solid vision. He held up in pass protection. He, he looked like he was a real part of the team. Um, so I was really impressed with some of his reps there. Um, but, eh, you know, again, I wasn't too unimpressed with Vincent Davis, and I was impressed with Todd Sibley. So, um, and I'll also say uh, Daniel Carter didn't look horrible, um, though I do believe he had a fumble. Um, then uh, A.J. Davis, he got the star, but you know, A.J. Davis, you know what he is. He's he's a tough back, he's a vet. If you need if you need like fresh reps from a guy who's not going to fumble, you give it to Vince uh, to AJ Davis and he does his thing. So running back, interesting performances there. Um, but I think another position that was really exciting to watch was the tight end position. And it's funny because Pat Narduzzi mentioned that a couple weeks back, and I wrote about it on DKPittsburghSports.com then too. Lucas Kroll looks legit. And I, I couldn't say that last year because I didn't. They, there was no spring game, and he was a transfer from Florida. And when he first came in, all we saw was the game that he got hurt. And it was kind of like, why, you know? Okay, well, we, we heard that he was all that. We didn't get to see it. Well, in this game, they threw it to him twice. He caught it twice for forty yards and a touchdown. And he looked decent blocking, and he looked like he was absolutely part of the team. He stepped up. Um, they didn't really get uh, Gavin Bartholomew any real chances, which was a bit of a disappointment. You know, but part of that he was just on the blue team. Blue team didn't get a whole lot um, of, of of really great passing opportunities. We'll get to that in the second segment. But Kai Wright, the tight end who was on the team last year, who got the most reps, um, he I, I, he did look like a more complete player. Two passes that he caught for fifty seven yards. Didn't look inept out there blocking. Liked what I saw from him. And it's very possible that if, if the hype around Gavin Bartholomew is true and both Kai Wright and Lucas Kroll continue to progress, I mean, Pitt might have three tight ends that they're comfortable using, which could really help with their run game. So lots of really good stuff there. Um, I thought defensively, A.J. Woods looked really good. He had an interception. Um and not just an interception, but the way that he made the interception. You know, when you're playing man coverage, which Pitt asks their guys to do a lot, especially man single coverage, your job is to plaster yourself to the inside shoulder of your man and to make sure you keep yourself between the ball, or between the quarterback and the receiver so that the ball has to go over you for a, for a completion. And there were times he did that very well last year, and I was wondering would he be able to keep that up. At least in this game, A.J. Woods did that again. Because he had this interception that he grabbed, and it wasn't a, a great pass from Joey Yellen. It was actually a bad one. But it was still one-on-one coverage. He forced it to have to be a high one, and it 
and it lost it lost its mustard, and he was able to see that it did, adjusted on the ball, made a heck of an interception. And if Pitt can get him to plaster guys like that and take advantage of, of poor throws, that can help you in games and turn things around. So A.J. Woods, uh, Narduzzi said he was you know, proven to be the guy. I think that he he backed him up with this with his performance. The other cornerback I think that really that really showed up Rashad Battle. They used him a lot in the uh, in in the uh, in that slot cornerback. He actually led the entire game with seven tackles and two sacks. He was getting in there. He was rushing the quarterback. He was chasing people. He was athletic. Um, he still has to sharpen up. I think his cover skills. But Rashad Battle finally showing up. I, it's tough to say finally. That's excuse me, but he, he's he's very young. He's a sophomore, so like you know, so it, it's it's good to see another guy showing up because they're going to need help in the secondary. I, I thought Demari Mathis looked a little rusty, um, and that happens. You know, he he suffered a, an injury that messed him up last year. He's got to get back in the groove. Um, he got beat for a couple big passes, um, but all in all, I, I thought those guys played well. I thought the receivers stepped up. Taysier Mack, um, Pat Narduzzi said he's been having a great camp. Well, he had a great game. Uh, the the times they 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 threw his way, he was he was making plays. Um, he caught uh two passes, 50, 57 yards. One of them he beat Damari Mathis on over the middle. Um, another he sat. It was kind of it looked like he kind of read the zone defense and he sat in the right spot. And uh, Davis Bevel felt found him wide open. He he Daisy Mack looks like he's becoming the polished receiver Pitt's gonna need maybe at the number two spot. But I I wouldn't back down from other guys fighting for that number number two spot because um you know Jalen Barden the speedy the speedy receiver he did a big big thing. But I want to talk to y'all about the quarterbacks because that's a big thing. Who's gonna be Kenny Pickett's backup? We'll talk about that after the break. Welcome back to the HTP Podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter, continuing to talk about the Pitt Blue Gold game from their spring game. Seeing our first look at a lot of these guys since, uh, well, since they played in December against Georgia Tech. So, the quarterback battle. Now, of course, you know, this isn't a quarterback battle for starter. Kenny Pickett's got that locked down. But Kenny Pickett coming back was huge because if he didn't, Pitt was going to be in a really rough spot this year. They didn't know who was going to be who. It seemed like the battle was between Joey Yellen, who was the team's first backup last year, and Davis Bevel. Now, Joey Yellen basically went up against Nick Patty and Davis Bellable on the other side. Kenny Pickett played the first series, uh, and he was on Yellen's team, but again, he they three and out it, and they was like, Kenny, get out of here. We want to protect you. Um, Yellen did not have a good day. Let's start with let's start with the the bad stuff first. He went seven of fourteen with an interception, only sixty seven yards through the air. Just he he looked he looked on not not confident. Um, uh, he looked. You know, he, he, there were t- I want to say if he was confused, but he was definitely under siege. And that might not be his fault. He was facing pressure left and right. You know, the guy, the, 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 what, the, goal, the goal team was bringing heat everywhere. Um, I thought Dayon Hayes looked really good, kid out of Westinghouse. 
Um, but man, the you know when when he did have his chances, there were some one on one balls that he threw that were just way off, either thrown out of bounds, thrown too far, thrown too short, just didn't look good. And again, he threw that one pass that was intercepted by AJ uh, AJ Woods. And the thing is, is that you know. A.J. Woods had really good coverage, but if he throws it to the outside shoulder and leading his man down the field, it's at least incomplete. It wouldn't have been intercepted. But, you know, Joe Yellen's fine in himself, and Pat Narduzzi said it's not fair to him because, you know, the blue team as a whole played pretty rough. But the guys who didn't play pretty rough were the gold quarterbacks. Nick Patty came in, first drive, walks him down the field, gets a field goal. Second drive, walks him down the field, gets a touchdown, and he threw a pretty ball to Lucas Kroll. I was impressed. Now, Nick Patty was the guy they brought in late in the season last year. If you remember the Florida State game when they were playing the Seminoles, and they got into the red zone, and they were they were starting to find creative ways to run the ball with the quarterback, but they didn't want to run Kenny Pickett because he had just come back off an injury. Nick Patty was the guy. I think he had like two, maybe three touchdowns in that game. <clears throat> Excuse me, in that game. Um, but he was just, you know, they were snapping it to him and he was just taking it direct snap. Let's go in there and get it. Um, well, this time he wasn't direct snapping it. He was, he was moving. Uh, he, he, um, he took, uh, three carries for about 24 yards, including a 16 yarder. Um, the one thing I'll say about Nick Patty is he got a little, his happy, his feet were getting a little too happy, a little too quickly. And what I mean by that is when he was in the pocket and you were looking around and you're like, ah, ah, we got to figure this out. And he's going through his reads. It looked like his reads were more of a panic and more of a frantic uh, panning of him than more of like a, than than what you want to see of like sort of a planned, calculated. Okay, this guy's gone. This guy's gone. Going here. But I'll tell you what, on the play that he, that he threw the touchdown to, to Lucas Crow, he was in the pocket, got a little bit of happy feet, started to break loose a little bit, turned, started to run, and then he was like, "Ooh, Crow broke over, broke open over the middle," and he and he he kind of threw it kind of over his shoulder, and man. It was the perfect pass. He, he led Kroll to the end zone. It was the perfect placement. And it was it's the best pass I've ever seen Nick Patty throw. In fact, it's the best pass I've seen a quarterback not named Kenny Pickett throw for this team in a few years. So good on him. And he would have been my quarterback of the game if it weren't for Davis Bevel. Because Bevel came in and balled. He got two touchdowns on his drives. Bevel came in. He, he rushed uh, twice twice for 10 yards. One of them was a QB keeper where he kind of did an option run and got a one-yard touchdown. Um, but passing, he was 6-for-6, six six, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Didn't take any sacks either. In fact, of the of the top quarterbacks, he's the only one who didn't get sacked because Joey Yellen and Nate Yarnell, both of them got sacked. Nick Patty got sacked. Um, so... I was impressed by Davis Bevel, and he looked like when he was in, in the in the in the pocket, his feet didn't get happy when he was cycling through his reads. His feet were actually pretty calm. He looked cool. He looked collected, and he was cycling through his reads. And, and remember that, that pass where I said Tazier Max sat down in his zone. There, that was the that was a a great job by both him and Bevel because it was definitely a zone looked like a cover two, and sometimes the cover two can be exploited between a deep safety and a cornerback playing the flat. And if they don't have a guy in between those two, the safety is often trying too hard to play deep zone while the cornerback playing the flat is trying too hard to play up to the line of scrimmage. And that sweet spot is sort of like that, just sitting in that corner area between the two. And Tazier Mack sort of ran his route and then just sat there 
and Bevel delivered it right on time. And it was a huge, I think it was like a 26-yard game. Um, a 36-yard game, excuse me. No, that was 26 because that was the 36-yarder. It was 21. There we go. There we go. I'm, I'm remembering things right because the 36-yarder was the one that Nick Patty threw him, which was another good ball from Nick Patty over the middle. Um, but I was, but the, 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 the drive that impressed me the most was when, uh, at the end of the first half, the gold team got up, forced a turnover on downs and, uh, um, excuse me, D- uh, Davis Bevel came out. He was leading the, he was leading the, uh, he was leading the gold team and he got the ball with about 52 seconds left. And in three plays, he said, boom, 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 touchdown. He was he was hitting guys over the middle. He was hitting guys on the sidelines, um, and uh, there was and the, you know the touchdown pass he threw to Jared Wayne was a good ball, good read. It was very bad coverage. I will say this: the guys who were in the on the blue team's cover specialists and everything they needed work. Now MJ Devonshire did get an interception, but it was kind of one that was tipped to him. I'll say he did this. MJ Devonshire looks like an amazing athlete. He just has to figure out where he's at, and that's kind of what. Pat Nardini said after the game, too. He was like, MJ Davenshire, and hey, Aliquippa kid, you're rooting for him, right? You know, he's from the area. You want him to do well. But you also want him to fit into a role, and that's kind of where they're trying to figure out because he didn't look too uh, adept at tackling, and that's going to be something they, they need moving forward from him. But that was part of where I saw with David Be- Davis Bevel was that when he was coming in, he was moving the ball, um, and he was just, he was looking decisive in the pocket figuring things out, looking confident, commanding the team. Um, and then there, there were the, you know, the one, there was one time where it was third and nine and his options were taken away. He, he used his feet, got the first down and uh, you know, he took some hits and he kept moving. Uh, and I think there was actually one hit. It was a touchdown pass to Jared Wayne where he took a late hit. It was a rough in the passer and he just sh- shrugged it off. So maybe there's hope that Davis Bevel could be the answer when Kenny Pickett's done. Because Pitt needs to find that guy, or at least the guy that's going to be the backup this year for Kenny, Kenny Pickett, so that next year they're examining. They they have, they have at least a guy in in stock who they're saying like, "Hey, you're you're the guy we've been preparing for." While they go and find maybe their next quarterback of the future. But I really liked what I saw out of Bevel, and again to Narduzzi's point, this does not mean that I, that Joe Yellen's done. It's just a spring game, and sometimes Narduzzi has pointed out in practice. He's like, a lot of times, it's not who, it's not, it's not about you as a quarterback. It's about the guys around you. Sometimes you get paired with the wrong receiver, and he pointed out, you know, in some of the other scrimmages they've done, it's been, um, it's been Joey Yellen who's done better when he's gotten a chance to run more with the ones and twos, uh, you know, the first and second units. But in this game, you know, it's the blue versus gold, so they're picked, and you know, he had, I mean, he had Jordan Addison on his team, but. They also were taking Jordan Addison out pretty quickly because they don't need to see Jordan Addison with this game. They know what he has to offer. So, if anything, I think that this might have helped Bevel get a little bit of pole positioning and maybe Nick Patty as well to be you know, in the lead for getting the second option at quarterback. But we don't know yet. We'll find that out when summer camp opens up. There's a lot more to talk about with Pitt football going into, going into that. We got a lot of months to do so. But, of course, we also have something to talk about is which pit players are going to get picked in the NFL draft. Like I said, we're going to get back to normal this week, which means the Thursday episode of the H2P podcast will be about the NFL draft, which is Thursday night. So 
Stick with us. We'll have more coverage on that. Then I'll get you some of my predictions on where those guys will go. Thanks again for listening to the H2P podcast. We really appreciate all of you listeners to DK Sports Radio. Remember, rate us five stars, leave us a positive comment, and subscribe to us. We're on Apple and Spotify. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Chris Carter. Be back in years soon.